0: How are you masterpiece maker? You know that feeling in life that even if you've tried to do things the right way or you've given your best effort, you still feel a little bit lost. Especially when you think about your future. In today's episode, you will love my conversation with Otar Jensen, also known as Joe. Joe will talk about how the state of feeling lost led him to discover his true passion and enabled him to establish and build a brand in Scandinavia's luxury wedding film industry. We will delve into how his faith influenced his craft and so much more. I hope you're excited as I am so stay tuned. As you know on this show we are very passionate about stories that build your faith and inspire your business. I am your host Norbert Elnar and welcome to the Making a Masterpiece podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Lily of the Valley Farm Retreat. Come together at Lily of the Valley. Current Coffee Roasters. Hi there, Masterpiece Maker. Welcome to another episode of Making a Masterpiece. And today, we are going to talk to somebody very talented and extremely, extremely good at his craft. And joining us from Norway is Joe. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I was so excited. Uh, it's so good to have you here. Joe, your story is truly fascinating. From discovering your passion for photography in Australia to becoming one of the most sought-after wedding filmmakers in Norway, and you even collaborate with various influencers and commercial brands there. It's an incredible journey if you look at it on a bigger picture. And we're so proud of you, but can you take us back to the beginning? What inspired your move to Australia and what ignited your love for the cameras?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting story and thanks for the compliments. I would see that myself, but I appreciate the good faith, I guess for me, it was a kind of a, a journey, I guess, for discovering my craft and discovering my passions in, in photography and videography and that sort of stuff. When I was young, I grew up in a good family. My mom died when I was young. And so I was growing up with my dad, my sister, my brother, and my grandparents. The years passed and like I went to school and all that stuff. And I kind of felt a little bit lost. hmm because all my friends knew exactly what they wanted to do, I thought I was going to be a police officer for many years. And if you don't know, like being a police officer here is almost as difficult as being a doctor. And so my grades were that that good. <laughs> and I guess it came to like my last year of high school. I guess you could call it that, my year thirteen, where both my siblings had gone to a Bible college and I was kind of thinking about going as well in Australia. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to do that in high school. I did a media kind of oriented uh, high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I learned about like photography and, uh, and graphic design and film and stuff like that. So it was kind of, like a very familiar thing and I enjoyed it a little bit but I guess the technical stuff and the literature and all that made me kind of think it was kind of boring oh after- wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of lost my I guess interest in photographing like I previously I'd like photograph everything I grew up with a lot of with my grandparents, mm-hmm. so they live in like a, the countryside with mountains and forests and, and lakes and stuff like that. And so I usually brought my camera with me up in the mountains, photographed things and stuff like that. And then I moved to Australia as a 19 year old, Mm-hmm. totally alone, bought a car. My dad came with me for a few weeks. And we bought a car, like I got settled in. I put my camera, cause I brought my camera as well. It yeah, like a Canon 6D, I think it was. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I brought my camera on. I put it on my table or my office desk where I used to study. Didn't touch it for six months. Oh, wow.
0: That, and- that's crazy. I mean, clearly you brought the camera with you, but you didn't <laughs>
1: touch it for six months. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess like studying in Bible college in in Hillsong College in Sydney, there's a lot of creative people. I actually didn't go to the media. The media stream. Yeah, the media stream. So I went to the production stream learning sound and stuff Mm because I have been do that in Georgia back home. When six months had passed, there was a new intake. And one guy from my intake named Dawson, he moved in the house I was living in. Mm-hmm. And he was like this urban explorer, like kind of vibey, moody photographer. Did a lot of like rooftops and, and stuff like that. And so I sit, I asked him one time if I could join him, like just out for like a photo shoot yeah. at the beach or something. And so I came with, me, with him, brought my camera for like the first time in six, maybe even seven months. And I guess I fell in love with it again. Oh, wow.
0: And then... Your relationship with your camera started again. Yeah. From there on, it was like an uphill, like growing relationship. Uh, That's amazing. uh, Yeah. And obviously you went back to Norway and then started to do weddings. And I'm just curious from somebody who has uh, a caliber like you, can you tell us for you, what is a good picture?
1: Oh, wow. I think a good picture is a picture that speaks because you can, you can photograph some picture with your phone and it's like, oh, okay, so it's a nice photo of like my sibling or my girlfriend or like my friend or something like that, but it doesn't really speak to anyone else than you. Mm-hmm. And so I guess a photo, especially like in the wedding industry, if it doesn't speak, like volumes of love or connection, I would say that's a good photograph instead of like getting in technical stuff.
0: Okay, that's very interesting what you said. For you, a good picture is a photo that speaks volumes of connection and love. Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. That, so it's not even about the the kind of shutter speed or the aperture. I mean, of course it matters, but. You're saying that what the picture communicates is more important than the settings of your camera.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So like I have like my settings that I'm used to and I usually like try to have a a, a nice little narrow aperture and um, the shutter speed shouldn't be too fast or too slow and like stuff like that and composition and stuff like that. But I would say if the composition is wrong, if the settings is wrong, but the image speaks something, there's something in the photo, like at least when there's two people in love, Mm -hmm. if it speaks their relationship and their connection, it's a good photo. That is like,
0: it's a very interesting idea and concept because I think a lot of the people are obsessed with getting the most fancy cameras or lenses. And I mean, yeah, I know it really affects that, but I feel like applying that mindset, it really changes the way you see and take pictures.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Joe, I have another question. Like, Can you highlight a particular project or picture in any case that made you say that this is something that you're called to do and you want to do for the, a longer period of your life? Um, Any project or photo? Uh, uh,
1: uh, sure. Uh, I would say it's more of a combination of, of projects, but I could, I could highlight some. I one, uh, one guy that I know is married to my cousin. He's an evangelist. And uh, travels in Africa and Asia and like, yeah, mostly in Africa, but Asia as well. And uh preached the gospel. This was maybe a year and a half ago. He asked me to come with him to uh, Bur- Burkina Faso, mm-hmm. which is like a country where there's like, yeah, it's an unstable country, mm-hmm. very unstable. So I did come with him and... Obviously, I was filming and photographing their stay there. And uh, it was something to see how people live, how hungry people are for God, and uh, being able to tell a story to, I guess, show us us privileged people to get them to be a part of the ministry in Africa. And uh, I, I guess that's kind of... One of the examples where, like, this is something I'm definitely going to do for a while. Mm. Yeah. And, and can you just describe to us briefly that project?
0: Mm. Are you did you cover like rallies or was it more like were you filming testimonies?
1: Yeah. So I came down there as more of a content creator. And then I was obviously very passionate about it when I came down there. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But we did testimonies, we did rallies. I think the first time I was in Burkina Faso, we had four or five like campaign rallies. So I filmed that, I filmed like parts of the landscapes and people and in villages, how they were living and made a, a little bit bigger movie to tell Burkina mm-hmm. Faso's story, which is basically they've been struggling with terrorism, um, a lot of uh, state cubes. Mm-hmm. And I guess like in just two or three years, they've had like four or five state cubes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, I'm imagining as you
0: were telling your story, I'm imagining mm-hmm. that you're in the middle of this movement and you have your camera, it's like your tool, you're capturing content, you're building the story in your head. And and I know as a creative, we sort of like really adapt quickly to our environment and mm. try to find, you know, a good way to tell the story. And since you're there and then you see the people in the ministry doing a lot of things, you're not preaching, you're not on stage, you're just really behind the scene. Yeah, I'm curious to ask like what was going on in your head because like you see people getting saved you see people you know the real emotions pouring out and then you have to be quick and you have to be very sort of like alert in everything but how Mm. was that experience
1: building your own faith while you're also doing a job yeah i guess it's very weird to be in like a place where there's well one part is There's about 95% of the population is Muslim and is practicing Muslims. The rest isn't just, they're not Christian either. So seeing people that obviously they're interested or intrigued of this festival or this campaign with white people coming here and talking about stuff. But to see that there's thousands of Muslim people that respond so hungrily to the message it's a whole different like it's hard to explain how impactful and eye-opening like the power of god is we know like big concerts or big festivals here in europe where like christian people come yeah and i you can't compare like the I understand Yeah, that. and so not that we are not hungry for God, but you can see that the hope and the grace and the yeah hunger for these things is I it's so much more wow. visible.
0: What an honor, hey. Like I think when you grow up in church and you see people getting saved, what every single Sunday, once you know, they you have one or two. Yeah, we're already like it's a feast, but like yeah. in that environment, we're seeing thousands and
1: people like we encounter God. That's yes, crazy. and on top of that, in the Muslim world, it's it's very dangerous to change your faith, and mm-hmm. so many of these people wanting to receive Jesus, they are a little bit afraid as well because they'll they might be cast out from their families, they might be cast out from their communities. And and basically lose their whole family because they saw the truth. Yeah, wow. That's a very uh heart-clenching, if I would say that, you know, but it
0: shifts their perspective. Okay. Cool. How does your faith
1: influence the way you approach your craft? Sick. <laughs> yeah, I kind of see it in a way where I can at, at least for like, obviously the, the missions th- stuff is like a whole different part of it, but in like yeah. weddings or portraits or, or commercials, like, commercials, I usually think that like the, the, the scriptures in somewhere. Yeah. I can't remember where it is, but whatever you do in life, do it for the name of oh, Jesus. Yeah. And so if you come in with that perspective, there's not much that can go wrong and it's better for me as a christian take some photos you know the world is overly sexualized and if we're doing portraits like a lot of people show a little bit too much or like yeah kind of lean towards skin but like people are good looking with their clothes as well Yes, yes. Oh, I totally fair. agree. Yeah.
0: Because I'm sure there's always like a, a pressure when you approach these kinds of portraits, because especially when you work in the sphere of, a, you know, commercials and secular environments, how do you it's deal it's- with that kind of pressure? Absolutely.
1: I haven't uh, been involved in too much uh, of that. So I haven't, I guess, like high-end fashion where like the fashion isn't, any more about clothes, mm-hmm. I haven't been too much involved in that or experienced that yet. Uh, I'm uh, very fortunate that most of my like fashion stuff, portraits, and I guess influencer stuff has been with good Christian people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like keeping your boundaries and if there's like a, a production manager who's like not Christian at all, and they just want to sell a product, keep boundaries. If you lose a job, you're just because you don't want to do like nudity. Mm-hmm. Like, so be it, I guess.
0: Well, you just have to draw the line, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And that's a very, very strong character. What advice would you give to our fellow Kingdom creatives who are doing their very best to make a meaningful impact in their work
1: and maybe at this time not seeing any fruit, what would you tell them? Yeah, I would definitely tell them to keep on pushing. Keep being faithful in your church. If you don't have a church, find one. Be consistent in your church's life not just on a Sunday or Friday or Saturday, but during Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as well. So do that first, I guess. And keep, trying to show people that you're good and that you have something else to provide not just i guess worldly popular stuff mm. yeah grow your old art and then put it out people to see
0: yeah and i know like as as, as much as in your story you know you've done the hard work of obviously learning the craft mm. and you approach the mindset of just always giving glory in everything that you do and in
1: return, I know God will bless it. Really? And if and it, it's not your path to be a photographer or a videographer, it's, it's no shame in that as well. Yes, that's true. That's so true because I think what's the most important thing
0: is that you really, really operate in your anointing and in your purpose. Absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: Joe, it has been an incredible uh, (laughs) time talking to you. Thank you so much. How can our people reach you?
1: And if they want to be in contact with you, how can they find you? Uh, You can find me on uh, Instagram. You can uh, probably find me on Facebook as well. I go by weddings.otta. My real name is Joe. It's as the hard German names that you're familiar with. But yeah, O-T-T-A-R is the name and the handle, uh, but ar. ttar weddingso And do you have a website? I do. It's O-T-T-A-R and Jensen with a double S com. Okay. We'll yes. put that on the links and on yes. the screen. Joe, thank you
0: so much. And we cannot wait to see more of your work and we're cheering thank you on. Thank you see you bro this podcast is brought to you by Lily of the Valley Farm Retreat come together at Lily of the Valley current coffee roasters